0: I'm just going to jump in and say it. I think my weather's worse than yours. Oh well, I don't.
1: Well, yeah, but probably. <laughs> in, in fairness, we did. We did have. We did have wind today, which is particularly interesting if you're a golfer. <laughs> but there you go.
0: <laughs> Your four becomes a seven and disappears. <laughs> there was a bit of that going on. Yes.
1: <laughs> and what pray tell is the weather in Northern Ireland?
0: Well, the rain was coming down so hard earlier that. It was coming in sideways and that's not a phrase. That's not a euphemism. It literally was coming in sideways and it was that kind of heavy rain where it starts to obscure vision. Like you can't see Mm -hmm. across the garden, heavy rain. Uh, So the gardens a swimming pool. That's nice. I can, I've got one like you now, so I might go out for a dip (laughs) later on. Uh, Yeah, it's just, it's just a bit miserable. It was, it was okay weather for a little bit. And then it was like, "Mm, no, that was enough. That was your summer. Bye. Um it's at least brighter. I'm looking outside, and it's daytime at six o eight p m uh which is brilliant uh so a couple well, the clocks moves in some linear fashion at some stage soon, don't they?
1: Ah, uh, yes, I think they do. I think it's oh, I want to say two weeks or so from now,
0: something oh, like okay, that, okay, coming up, yeah, in which case it'll get even brighter
1: or darker, or one of them <laughs> it'll get Brighter earlier, won't it? I think. This is Early.
0: one of these things spring. like
1: the equation that, no, no, no. that generates Easter. Spring forward. I've it's never spring forward. So the clock goes forward. So uh, <laughs> what is now five AM will actually yeah. be six AM. So you will have the lightness of five at six, which probably means that it gets darker later. Yeah, this is the the fungible nature you'll of this have... confusion. <laughs> You'll have the you'll have the lightness at, you'll have the lightness of eighteen hundred hours at nineteen hundred hours, so you'll have longer evening. Yes. There, but darker we mornings. Are. Well, if you were up at that time, yes. Cause you're so far north that essentially you'll get sort of eighteen hour days anyway in the summer, don't you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean you can call them a day. It's mostly just grey and clyde, but it's a day.
2: <laughs>
1: uh we're we're feel, feeling the celtic weather today mr cosgrove i can tell <laughs> right how you doing? so apart from the weather Tarek jamelia how are you <laughs>
0: i'm doing well i'm very busy at the minute but it's, uh, as i said before we started the pot it's a good kind of busy which is um very different from a, a bad kind of busy um it's uh i am using up all of my time productively and that feels good uh which is a nice nice place to be, so I'm doing well. what about you
1: uh, similarly uh unexpectedly surprisingly busy um finding myself um sort of between well three or four rocks and hard places uh which is uh, <laughs> I, I, quite how I've contrived to do that, I don't know, but uh as you say, they're all individually good things it's mm. just perhaps they're they're all mistimed i I need yeah. to have a little jiggle around and uh, sort some things out but no, our our spring is coming our weather is improving um i'm looking now Uh, apologies to everybody in america but it's um it's 21 degrees centigrade that's uh, what at uh 80 something freedom units yeah probably um at uh eight o'clock at night so uh, yeah it's pretty clement yeah um um i think our minimum now is i'm not looking at the minimum it will go down to seven degrees centigrade in the, in the in the depth of night, which is you know pretty pleasant to be honest uh so yeah feeling feeling pretty good about that um you know covid is is finished uh regrettably covid hasn't hasn't got that memo, but uh everybody else is saying it's true yeah um so yeah we're having all sorts of um r g bargie as the sports commentators used to say, uh, there's some doing there. now, um, insofar as they want to relax everything. And so on Monday, I think the restaurants, no, not Monday, Tuesday, the restaurants are supposed to open. But um, our numbers are going up. So mm. uh, the last I heard was you would be allowed in a restaurant assuming that you had a COVID test no older than 72 hours. Now, I mean... That really is taking dining out seriously, isn't it? Going going to get yourself a COVID test yeah. so that you can go out and have supper. Um, but I suppose they're, they're they're frightened, I think, of backtracking and saying to the restaurants, actually, we were kidding. Yeah. So all that stuff that you've bought, all the people you've rehired. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just. Mm, you know I that fish and milk and cheese
0: and <laughs> butter and bread, everything in the fridges, yeah. Um, if will that keep for another eight to nine weeks? Is that okay <laughs> to sit there? You yeah,
1: know, it's I, horrible. I suspect I, that's what's behind this weird sort of uh, sort of middle road that they're trying yeah, to. Yeah, I can't imagine how difficult
0: it is trying to to plan for this. Well, I suppose you can't plan. There is no plan. Um, you know, it's, the UK is the same where I think a lot of businesses are trying to get back into gear for this because obviously you don't go from being closed on Sunday to open on Monday after however many weeks uh, by just sure. flicking on the light switches. Um, so you have a lot of sympathy and a lot of empathy. Well, sympathy, not empathy because I have no idea what what it's like to do that. I've never had to deal with something that stressful, but um, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people struggling. So hopefully, I mean, the numbers in Northern Ireland are heading the right direction and, and the UK seems to be following that trend. And yeah, it's just keeping your foot on the pedal, I think is the important thing at this stage because it's very easy to go, oh, there's the finish line and slow down. And then you go, oh, actually the race isn't over. This is not sorted. This is not finished. We can't, um, you know, it's not going to stop just because we decided it's we're done with it. Sure,
1: yeah. And I mean, it's there's this wonderful um, sort of, in every COVID conversation now in, the, in this neck of the woods, there's this elephant in the corner of the room. <laughs> Nobody mentioned the vaccines um, because of the sort of well-publicized uh, problems and issues that Europe had in negotiating its vaccine supplies. Um, they are sort of trickling out very slowly to, uh, to the EU. Um, and everybody's looking at Britain where, you know, everything is heading in the right direction. It would seem, he said, touching wood left, right and yeah, centre. Yeah. Um, because people are getting vaccinated. Uh, Whereas here, they're not. I think we're still, uh, I think we're in the high 60s somewhere in Cyprus. So um, still a long way to go. Yeah. Um, But hey, look, it is what it is. And uh, funnily enough, it will probably tie in reasonably well Mm. to our topic for later. Yeah, I think so. But enough of this rubbish. What are you writing (laughs) with and on?
0: I am writing on a Steinbeck. Steinbeckening has... Beckoned and begone. It's now Steinbeck and Stein Steinbeck. Oh dear. Uh <laughs> Steinbeck Blackwing Six. The blue one. Uh it's now the nice feral The unique Blackwing Feral is touching the perlicu. I repeat, the feral is on the perlicu. If you don't oh. know what either of those words are, I'll put them in the show notes. But uh it's lovely. I've really enjoyed writing this pencil and I actually ordered some of those really nice Sara sharpeners, you know, the long point ones. Oh,
1: I do indeed. Yeah. So uh, do you, you don't sell those. You have those as freebies, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, we, we looked at, um, at selling them, but you know, the only thing we could do would be to buy them retail like yeah. everybody else can buy them, put on a huge margin and sell them. Yeah. It's um, not worth it. No, I mean, people can buy them from Amazon. I think they're about six pence each. They're um. <laughs> a little more than that. Yeah, I think it was two twenty
0: nine for five. So yeah. not expensive at all. And I, as you say, you'd be buying those at two twenty-nine, dividing by five, adding fifteen to twenty percent and then selling them on. <laughs> uh, you know. Exactly. It's, not really you know, if if
1: people ask me for a for a good sharpener that isn't uh, you know, the black ring or the or the wonderful uh maker's cabinet, uh, Hovel, Hovel. um then I just said, Let's just go to Amazon and get some Apsara. Yeah. You can't go wrong. I mean, they're, they're wonderful little sharpness. I picked up another five because
0: mine were dull. So I'm going to try and sharpen one, but I don't have the equipment to properly sharpen a blade because you need to get the grind and the grinding all right and the angles and stuff. So I thought I'll pick up mm-hmm. five more um, and just use those, but they'll, they'll do me a long time. But whenever you get a nice new sharpen like that, the actual. I'll try and give you some audio. The sort of edge, the face of the pencil that's mm-hmm. been been cut is so smooth yeah. because uh, the older one I had of I sharpening I was going, oh, this is a bit, you know, this is more of a, you know, like a, a woodsman's cut rather than a, a, a barber razor cut. It's it's a bit more, you know, <sighs> it looks rough. It looks ready. like you
1: chiseled the wood off.
0: <laughs> uh, it's like I've gnawed the wood away to leave a, a graphite <laughs> core. Uh, so that wasn't cutting it um and I've sharpened a lot recently i've gone through i think i i stub jarred the forty two we talked about i stub jarred a uh one of the the is it eight forty the sort of teal with the gold oh coast yeah 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 so i've stub jarred both of those, and this I give it maybe the end of the week next week I'm writing a lot at the minute for like bits and pieces and notes and scribbly things, so I'm going through them rightly, and I'm writing again in R rhodia show notepad which is uh, a rhodia number 16 and that's primarily it i did write in some post-it notes i've been using post-it notes quite prodigiously recently um for everything from shopping lists to meeting notes because i like using them as a ephemeral note so it kind of it holds information until i move it somewhere else so i'll move it onto a to-do list or i'll move it elsewhere or i'll set it on the keyboard and then work through it and then recycle it after that
1: Excellent. Well, I, I'm in am pens this week. I'm uh, I'm in an old favourite, the Kaweco Brass Sport. Um, uh, wonderful fountain pen. Uh, doubles up as a great knuckle duster if required. Um, <laughs> uh, this one's got a medium nib. Some nice green ink. I thought it was orange ink, but it's green ink. Well, they are um, close. Yes. Well, indeed, uh, and <laughs> I. The thing, I if you get a well-tuned Koeko, I mean, you can have slightly dodgy nibs. I will be, will be honest about that. You, you have to sometimes give them a bit of user user input. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they're working, I haven't used this pen probably in, I don't know, a week, 10 days. I just take the top off and it writes. You know, it's just It just works. Lovely. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the heft of it. I love the weight of it. Uh, and I'm writing in my Mike Hawthorne sketchbook. Oh, my my podcasting book mm-hmm. uh, which for reasons for reasons that I shall disclose later is getting a bit fuller a bit faster mm. Mm, <gasps> there's curious. a teaser for you um, <laughs> what about watching you watching anything
0: good yes so we started watching WandaVision which is the new Marvel TV show uh, mm-hmm. At the behest of my my best man I think I don't know if I mentioned this last week but we started watching it And it's shorter than I expected. It's only nine episodes, I think. And they're only about 30 minutes each. So you're not looking, you know, it's four and a half, five hours. It's a long film. It's The Hobbit one and part of two, basically, is all the runtime Mm -hmm. you're looking at. And, yeah, I don't know what I expected going in. I was told it was weird. I was told it was strange, um, that people didn't really get it. And then as as the episodes were released, people were saying, ah, episode three is where it really starts to come into its own. And so I kind of went in a bit like, okay, look, I'm not expecting anything. I'm just going in curious. And we put it on. And I don't want to spoil anything. If you've seen the Marvel, the Marvel films are probably a good starting point because otherwise you'll not get most of the stuff that's happening. But it will be enjoyable just on its own. And I started Mm -hmm. it and the first episode came on. And it was like, this is amazing. This is fantastic it's so well done you can tell the people behind it are are talented in in every single area that they're working in and the story is great it's kind of a really interesting look for me i find it interesting because it deals with the content of, of tv and cinema in itself so it's it's quite self-referential it talks about you know old tv shows and i, I don't want to give much away this is not you know spoiling anything but I, i'm trying not to spoil anything. It deals with the themes of television and tropes within television quite a lot. And it sort of changes throughout the episodes and there's a lot of expectation and then repetition and then then sort of things that don't quite meet your expectation. I'm trying to be very vague. It's worth watching. If you have Disney+, Plus, go and watch the first episode uh, and you'll be very confused, but you hopefully enjoy it. Go and watch the next two and then you might get an idea of what's going on. Uh, I do understand why people said third episode really gives you an idea of what's happening because if you don't have you haven't seen the films and you haven't you know studied film and you're not able to look at it and go i think maybe this is happening but it's hard to say you'll watch it and go what on earth is happening what why is that different where's this going who's that what is uh," you know it is a bit of a smorgasbord but um i've talked for probably three minutes solid on it now it's really good we're really enjoying it. We have one episode left, the finale, which we're going to probably watch tonight. Um, oh, and the only reason show episode, like, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. Meg always falls asleep watching stuff and we were in bed watching. We were on episode seven. So we watched seven, eight and nine last night. Sorry, seven and eight last night in bed. And nine is the last one. It's the finale. And it was sitting there. And I looked over and Megan's eyes were closed. And I was like, sweetheart, you need to watch <laughs> the, f- the, the film. I am watching it. You're not watching it. Your eyes are closed. I'm watching it. Meg you can't watch it with your eyes closed. Okay then. Okay, you're going to sit up and wake up. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm going to sleep. Though. No. Oh, I'll do it another right. time. Yeah. Okay. I am fully awake. It is like 8:45. I guess I'm not watching the finale tonight.
1: <laughs> it's, um I I think Margaret and Meg may in fact be related. Um or or perhaps they're just two um Two wonderful women who are overworked by their indolent husbands. Uh, and <laughs> that insist sounds a lot more like <laughs> on going to sleep at unholy hours. Um, uh, yeah, we, we've had that exact experience with, uh, with what we've just watched, we finally got to the end of peaky blinders. Mm-hmm. Um, were, the, were the peaks blinded? Oh, The Peaks Were Blinded, Um, it ends at the end of Season 5, which I'm delighted to report is not because I'm in Cyprus, it's because they haven't made Season 6 yet, or they're they're in the process.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, And uh, it's one of those... I have a very strong feeling that they knew during Season 5 that they were going to make a Season 6. Because (laughs) Season 5 does not... Uh, would would the correct film term be resolve very well? It's like um, here's
0: here's nine plot points out of
1: ten. Let's just park these
0: for a season, shall we? Like no 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 no. I wanted to know what happened to
1: X Y and Z. That to the extent that Margaret turned to me and went, "What? That's it?". <laughs> um. Well, yes, uh, for the moment, darling. That that is in fact it. Silly. Right. Okay. So, um, (laughs) I I suspect there'll be some arm twisting to get season six watched. Uh, uh, Earlier in the evening, there had been the the statement: "We need to get this done now." I'm getting a bit bored of this. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Not a great endorsement. And in fairness, I think she's right. I think season five did tail off a little. Um, And when when Margaret has fallen asleep and gone to bed, uh, I've been watching. Well, I'll I'll read you the show note. Uh, I watched an episode of something train, question mark, post-apocalyptic stuff, dot, dot, dot. To which TJ, I can almost hear the sort of resignation (laughs) in his typing, has in capitals written Snowpiercer, question mark. Um, (laughs) uh, And he's absolutely right. It it is in fact Snowpiercer that I've watched one and a bit episodes of.
0: Okay, so TV Um, show not movie.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's a TV show. Um,
0: Technically it's both. So there is a film that the TV show is based on. I think it's a South Korean film. Um, It has... Is it Chris Pine? Either way, it's a 2014-2015 film. Uh, Same concept, but totally unrelated. Not totally unrelated. It's it's like that there's 57 Spider-Men and they just keep rebooting it. They made the film. The film did pretty well. It's a really well-made film. I quite like it. And then they went, oh, this universe is actually really good and an hour and 30 minutes isn't really enough. Why don't we do an hour on it every week? And so they made the TV show. Basically, think the director is a consultant on it or a producer on it, and the TV show is the same setup but in a different universe. So it's not canon to the the, the movie and vice versa. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the TV show is effectively standalone. Um, but I've seen both, and I'm actually... I did something I normally don't do, and I caught up to season two on its its weekly releases of Snowpiercer. So I've been watching it myself, and the latest episode I think came out yesterday, and I haven't seen it yet. And that because I'm right up okay. to the whenever the most recent thing is released, and I must admit, it's really really good.
2: Is it right? Okay, you not enjoying? Um, it? I
1: I don't know. I I. <sighs> I suppose in episode one you're just beginning to get introduced to the premise. Um, yeah,
0: the premise uh, is weird, and, it, and it's yep. It's an ask, right? Uh, to, to the the disbelief that they're requesting that you suspend is a relatively big one because my first thing was like, well, right, train tracks. Yeah, they're not indestructible. So what happens if they get all the way around the world? And uh, oh, there's no train track. <laughs> all right, everybody Oops. stop. <laughs> <laughs> but once you get over that it's like harry potter once you assume magic exists once you assume that the death star is real everything else falls into place and you're like oh okay i'm enjoying this it does get better there's a lot more drama and characterization and sort of woven storylines as you progress through season one that i really find good
1: yeah i'm like i said i mean at the moment the you know the whole um not the whole, but the, there is a an assumption or you are led to understand that the the folk who have stowed themselves away effectively they've sort of stormed the back of this train um which is going round the world post apocalypse is it a climate apocalypse I seem to remember um these are quite troublesome having all these poor people here um and the train or the the powers that be feed them uh but the bare minimum it would seem that that seems yeah. to be roughly what's going on um and I, I suppose the sort of nasty neo-fascist in me said well just just uncouple those two carriages but then i suppose you'd, you'd probably hit them on the way back round, wouldn't you um yes it, it's just seem as you say it just seems a bit weird you just think well this is quite ne- quite an easily easy problem to solve um, why why are you doing this but i, I it's about characters and if you buy into the characters then it will all become more yeah. interesting. Um, I fear I would struggle to get Margaret to watch this. So mm, I think so. Um,
0: it gets very dark in places it, as well and it, it mm. kind of demands that you want that that strange sort of uh, masochistic post-apocalism where you're like it's, it's nice to watch everything fall apart and I think a lot of people's appetite for that is severely diminished having lived through sort of apocalypse light.
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly yes you're probably right um so yeah if i have those uh late nights when when i am gonna have some tv time for myself um yeah i'll, I'll watch a few more and see where we get to it would be um, good
0: i don't know if you noticed one of the characters in
2: it is from hamilton to um, be Diggs, i think it is The 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 cop
1: yeah ah i knew i recognized him i didn't yeah. know from where
0: so let me know when you get to season two, because there's some interesting conversations that we can have about Hamilton and Snowpiercer. And I think there's a connection because of him. But we could talk about that when you hit season two, if you ever hit season two.
1: Well, there, there we go. A, a, a long <laughs> teaser thrown out into the future. August 2039. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe before then. Um, and what else? Oh, Caliphate. We started watching Caliphate. Uh, which is a Swedish drama um, about uh, ISIS or um, whatever else they were called. ISIL, I think, was the names. other name. Yeah, there's another one as well. A uh, dash. Um, oh dash. yes, there's several. Um, names. Uh, it's it's an it's an interesting premise. I don't know if it's based on truth. Uh, um, I don't know, but sort of uh, Swedish nationals who have found themselves, uh, I think, of their own volition, uh, in. Uh, Iraq and Syria, uh, as as things start kicking off, as it were. Mm. Um, so that's so far. I've got to say, reasonably interesting. Again, Margaret was less than impressed. You don't speak any um, Swedish, do you? Uh, I speak a little bit. No, okay. no, that's not true. I understand a little bit because um, I did some work in Sweden and Denmark, Norway, that that neck of the woods. Um, but yeah, it is. It is in Swedish with English subtitles. Yeah. Uh, Which is, I I don't mind, but but Margaret finds that quite off-putting, I think. Mm. Uh, And and she's watching something, I don't know, Ethos? Have you heard of that? No, not at all. Uh, I saw sort of 10 minutes of it, and it appeared to be um, uh, the characters were talking to their therapists. And then I looked up again 10 minutes later, and the therapist was talking to her therapist. Oh, some sort of horribles of therapy therapy. i thought there's quite a lot of therapy here um and and that that was as far as i got with it but um margaret announced as i came down to record that she was going to watch it so i guess something something clicked with her um fair enough what about listening you listening to anything
0: yeah i've been listening to a lot of the ink spots at the minute um have you ever heard the ink spots uh i've heard of them i don't think i've heard them yeah so, well, the funny thing is you can listen to one song, and you listen to them all. They basically, they start every single song, as far as I can tell, with the same chord. And then they play that chord through the thing. And then there's a break normally in the middle where, where one person will do a nice little spoken word piece about the lyrics. And then they move on. And I mean, they're, they're quite an old band. I think they'll be maybe 40s, 50s in and around there. Um I think it's brilliant. I really enjoy it. But it is funny when you listen to an album of theirs and it's the same chord structure four times in the album. You're like, oh, there's that tune. Yeah, no, there's that tune. It makes it very hard to guess the tune because you're like, oh, it's this one or it's the same (laughs) one with different words. (laughs) It's the same one with different words. Um, Very much worth uh, taking a listen to. Uh, their, Their greatest hits album or something like that. You'll probably
1: recognize a few of the tracks. Cool. I shall I shall look them out. Where did you come across them?
0: Uh, I actually first heard them on Fallout, the video game. They feature quite heavily in the soundtrack for it because it's that kind of. Uh, the Fallout is very much like nineteen fifties diesel punk kind of aesthetic, and so there's a lot of that music, that kind of early Americana, filters into the soundtrack. And so I first heard it there. I think of Fallout Four, uh, or even before. And it's always stuck with me as a band that is nice. To, it's just that kind of evocative old school Americana. It's very, very interesting.
2: Cool.
1: Oh I shall give them a listen. Uh what am I listening to? I'm listening to podcasts, uh the usual. Um I've switched switched back from Apple to Overcast, and that's great. And then <laughs> then my home pod mini arrived. And I asked it to play a podcast on Overcast, and it just oh nope, just all went no can't do that what's the mini like um it's all right i've got to say, um it is you know when they say mini, they 're not kidding uh it's <laughs> mini petite uh so it's uh i suppose it's about baseball sized he said okay. not having ever played baseball. I was going to say that's not um, a
0: cultural touchstone for me, but I can kind of guess it's like a <laughs> Satsuma, a large orange. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah bigger than a satsuma uh probably a decent sized
0: orange a good cypriot okay, orange somewhere yes. between satsuma and uh mandarin gotcha
1: <laughs> would he stop that but satsumas and Mandarins are small stop it <laughs> uh isn't it's bigger than that am i taking the piss? um <laughs> <laughs> oh 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 i set you up for it and you went for it um <laughs> uh yeah it's nice the sound quality is as you might expect a bit lacking sort of in the base and, and from the wee one yeah because it's a wee thing um but it's it's fine for in here i mean this is a you know it's a decent sized office but it sits on the corner of my desk uh i don't really want it to blast me out of the room yeah can um, you pair those or is that just the big ones uh no you can pair them yeah you can uh i only bought the one and i'm not sure i do enough sort of music listening to to want to buy a pair although i could see maybe you know one for another room wouldn't be a bad thing necessarily
0: i'm curious i'm falling into the apple ecosystem again but the Mm -hmm. the google home jobbies just to go on a tangent that we have around the house are the house the house are um (laughs) acting up something fierce so i yelled at it four times yesterday before it heard me and then i was like play this song from youtube and it was like okay here is a spaghetti playlist. I'm like, what? No, I don't want to make bolognese. What are you talking about? How is this even in the realm of correct?
1: I think what's happened is that Apple has taken over your Google devices because that sounds a lot like uh, <laughs> Apple's digital assistant. She does that oh, good. stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, I have, you know, my, my Siri is um, lovely. It's very helpful, generally.
1: Uh, well, so is mine, but she does often do the wrong thing. <laughs> well, I think that's just digital assistants. Well, yeah, could be. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have to say I'm using that, uh, that uh, digital assistant more. I've, I've been sort of using it hands-free in the car to make phone calls. And uh, it appears to be learning. It stopped asking me which of Margaret's numbers I want to ring. Cause, mm. um, because we're so multi multinational jet setter go-getters. We've got hundreds of phone numbers. Um, so Margaret has a UK mobile. She has an Italian mobile. She has a Cypriot mobile. Uh, she's got a home number. She's got a work number. God knows what the work number is. Um, <laughs> so, so the first time I asked um, Siri to, to call her, uh, the, a chaos broke out in the car. I mean, we, we basically had a, a sit-down argument for five minutes, me and Siri. Um, but eventually, every time I ask now, she rings the correct number. So perhaps it's all getting better. Unfortunately, by fixing that, Apple has broken all of its Bluetooth. Oh, no. Um, it, it's denying that it's broken all of its Bluetooth, but everything in my house that uses Bluetooth is is in just utter chaos. Uh, we, we had it ourselves
0: this evening when you called. I so <laughs> had a nice little limbo where I spoke to myself for about six minutes or two minutes, and it was like, Stu, ah.
1: Stu. St- st- <laughs> <laughs> I had my computer, my iPad, and my phone rang, and my uh, AirPods trying to connect to all of them simultaneously. Um, <laughs> it's doing too good a job. <laughs> exactly. And I, I had it the other day where I was actually using AirPods to talk on the phone, uh, and my Mac literally every 90 seconds was saying, your AirPods are here. Would you like to connect to them? <laughs> no, go away. <laughs> um, and it, it's not like Apple to have a sort of persistent Notification like that. There's usually a way of saying, go away and don't ask me again. Uh, but no, this was just, no, I'll just keep asking. You, Are you sure? Are you sure? Because it, honestly, it's really good. You'll love it. It's really good. um So perhaps that's just yin and yang. You know, as Siri gets better, Bluetooth gets Gives worse. Gives and takes. That's it. What about reading? Have you been reading anything?
0: Yes. I haven't read more of the um, book I talked about last week. Uh, Invisible Women Um, just because I haven't had time to sit down and read it but at night I do have my Kindle beside me so I did one of the nights I woke up something like I don't know one o'clock in the morning Anyone you just know roll over and you're like right I'm not going back to sleep just yet I need maybe 10 or 15 minutes and then I can fall asleep again so I read Motion Pictures by Terry Pratchett which is the, mm-hmm. the next Terry Pratchett book that I'm on to and it's, it's great it's usual stuff I mean I really really can't fault any of them there's definitely ones that I've liked more But there's a good, you know, every single one is at least 7 out of 10 in terms of quality. Most of them are higher than that. Um, This one's really good. It's really interesting. Uh, And I'm reading it. And then I bought my brother for his, I think it was Christmas, actually. I bought him a paperback version of The the Color of Magic, which is the first one. And he texted me the other day saying, I finally finished the book I was on and started this. Uh, How many did you say there were in the series? I was like, there's another 40. He's like, ah, thanks for that. I think I'm going to have to get them. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yes my wallet thanks you
0: deeply <laughs> yeah that's here's one and i know you'll like the others so now it's on
1: you to buy the rest <laughs> i have addicted you yes um well i'm still reading the same as i was last week too so deb McEwen, unlikely soldiers three and meditations by marcus aurelius um i can't they are what they are I'm getting through them so I'm <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing as much reading as I would like to but that refers yeah. back to the earlier stuff just being busy it's busy busy, busy yeah. times somehow um drinking what are you drinking explain this show note immediately
0: well you you read it out right for the class
1: right so uh my my show note is as ever quite lengthy when it comes to drinking uh TJ's is sprum <laughs> <laughs> this no look this
0: may be a cocktail already but this is what meg and i came up with it's sprite and spiced rum and if you want to add a slice of blood orange in there you can do no one's going to stop you it's very good
1: i was so hoping that you weren't going to say that honestly (laughs)
0: it i mean it sounds like some sort of post-apocalyptic beverage that may or may not contain people it sounds like something you might drink on snowpiercer to be honest
1: but um La- last week, I had uh, TJ Cosgrove We've been drinking some spiced rum with a splash of Sprite and some blood orange. <laughs> and this week, I've got TJ Sprom. Sprom. A lovely cup
0: of Sprom here in Belfast. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. I'm not going to shy away from it. It's uh, You can make it as fancy or as not fancy as you want, right? Meg doesn't uh-huh. really like uh, floating fruit in her beverages, so it's just me with the blood orange. But... Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good, and it's a nice one because you you really don't need a lot. I think it's a double measure of of rum, uh, which mm-hmm. is quite sweet in itself. I think we're using Bacardi spiced rum. It's very sweet. It, you know, it's not a, it's not like vodka or something which has a, quite a harsh alcohol sort of ethanol flavor to it. So pair that with Sprite, which is not the sugariest drink, but is definitely you know carbonated sugar water. It's a very drinkable mixture that's sort of hints of vanilla and when you put orange or lemon in it, it gets that kind of nice citrus. Uh, it's just very good. I really enjoy it. Yeah, splendid. And if, uh, if it's not already a cocktail, it's now one and I'm sorry for naming it so horribly.
1: <laughs> it's okay. I dare, I dare say somebody will intervene and rename it. <laughs> the nobody's going to write a book. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to write a book with sprum in it. Um, <laughs> except possibly Terry Pratchett. <laughs> Um. Uh, yeah, I had my first hangover in woo, a year and a bit. Mm. Um, on Sun. Well, not on Sunday. It was on come. Sunday, I was. I was having a great time. Yes, it was. Uh, Sunday I was having a great time. Uh, on Monday, I was feeling a little bit shady. Um, friend friends came over. We had lunch. Uh, Margaret cooked up lots of Italian stuff, um, and uh, we had some nice Italian wine with lunch, and then we settled into some brandy. And and when I say As settled in, we We really did settle in. Um and uh well, it's it's proper old man drinking. So you start early at lunchtime, uh, and then sort of just collapse in a heap on your, your couch uh for the evening to be woken up and sent to bed <laughs> for the night. Um and you can get rid of most of your hangover sort of in that long extended sleeping period. Uh so yeah, that was that was something that wasn't welcome back, actually. I did mm. not enjoy Monday particularly um so uh tonight i will probably in a moment i will go and get myself uh that famous Cypriot beer carlsberg um because it's been it's been a golfy day for me today so mm, i've been yes, won- wandering you around in the you sun. Replace those electrolytes uh, yeah, well, indeed absolutely you replace it with water and well water <laughs> rots battleships tj that's all i can say um what about buying have you been buying anything good a
0: few things a thirty five kilo Amazon package arrived on my doorstep this, morning, well, this wow. morning. I suppose um in the form of a clothing rail, so we're in the process of upgrading various things in the house, and one of the things in our house is the box room. I think a lot of houses have this, especially in northern Ireland and England uh the smallest bedroom, which is a bedroom only in name it's an estate agent's bedroom to to get the house sold in reality it's a it's a cupboard with a window um it's not the largest space uh maybe two and a half meters square, so i don't know seven foot square something like that
1: not a big room uh, so we use yeah, it for so a wardrobe for many it's uh, it's now a zoom room <laughs> yeah yeah the zoom, the zoom the, office the, the Microsoft teams
0: yeah <laughs> um for us it's a wardrobe, so our bedroom is connected to it and and one of the things that we discussed when we moved in what the um, estate agent actually said is a lot of people will build a a door through and just block off the door in the internal Um, we didn't do that it's not necessary but it's uh, it's our wardrobe room so that we have more space in our bedroom because otherwise you'd be cramming built in wardrobes or something in there so at the minute we have two little reels on either side and a big tall sort of tall boy drawer unit with uh, jumpers and t-shirts and stuff in it and the whole thing is is mostly inherited. So we bought the two reels, I think, for 15 pounds apiece in Ikea. And the, mm-hmm. the big unit came from a relative when we moved out. And so a lot of it's kind of like, it's functional but not nice. And so it's kind of done for two years now. And we're now looking at the space and going, oh, what do we actually want? And realistically, it makes more sense to put all the clothes in one side of the room and then get some more storage for the other side for all the other gubbins. So sure. we got this Big, big, long clothing rail. I think two point two meters, one point eight meters, something like that. It's uh, a shop fitting one, so it's one that you get in a shop on casters and stuff like that. And then we're putting in shelves above it to kind of build it in a little bit. So you'd have it's going to be just open, open hanging for clothes, and then two sets of shelves above that all the way along the wall for boxes and, and folded jumpers and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's going to look quite nice, but be very practical and most importantly we don't know how long we'll stay in this house. It might be four years. It might be 10 years. I don't know, but it, we don't want to make big structural changes to it or build in, mm-hmm. you know, 4,000 pound built in wardrobes. Cause it's just not necessary. Someone might want to use that bedroom as a bedroom. So for us, it's more making it useful, making it nice, uh, but not changing the structural integrity of the house to do it. So that arrived. That was a, a relatively decent price from Amazon as just from a shop fitting uh, seller or something like that. And the other thing we got is small, Smol, S-M-O-L, which is small. Smol. It's a refillable, well, in reality, it's a set of three spray bottles and three tablets. But the concept is you buy these three bottles with the nice little silicone bands on them, the different colors, and they're all recycled plastic and all that. And then instead of buying household cleaners, you buy Household cleaner tablet, and you drop that tablet into hot water that you've poured into the the bottle, and it becomes household cleaners. um So this is something we'd looked at before, and this sort of popped mm. up. I think it was a tenor for the three of them, and it's one of those things that you, you you don't really realize that it it doesn't make sense until you look at what you've done all your life. And I'm like, okay, so this bottle of household detergent, something I spray on the countertops to wipe them down, is. 97 or 99% water, and then some chemicals. And the chemical chemicals are chemicals. They're going to help it clean it, whatever. I'm not about to start using you know vinegar and and lemon juice to to clean everything all naturally. It's more about we're buying an entire plastic bottle full of water when I have a tap in my house that will give me water. So send me a tiny tiny tablet in the post, and I will drop that into my water and make my own spray, and then. The little packet that it comes in is compostable and the the packaging is all cardboard. Everything's recyclable. So instead of buying lots and lots of plastic bottles and then recycling them, you buy lots and lots of little tablets or not so many tablets, I suppose. And you just drop those in whenever you need a refill and you compost the packaging, which is brilliant. So we decided to switch over to that and we got, I think it was a three pack was 10 pounds. So it comes with three bottles and three little, um, Tablet things. And there's a glass cleaner, uh, a multi surface cleaner, and I think it's a bathroom cleaner as well. There's three different ones, and there are three different colors. I haven't used them yet, but they seem lovely. They seem nice. They smell good. And hopefully, it'll mean that we're using less plastic and rubbish and curtain stuff around. Because we get a, you know, since getting the dog, we go through a fair amount of cleaning products, just cleaning the walls and the floor and everything <laughs> we own. So. <laughs>
1: For sure, well, I I wait a report on small, mm, small. <laughs> um, what about me? What have I been buying? I I don't think I've been buying much. Um, my, I think last time we recorded, my Claire package had just arrived, but I hadn't really had time to play with it. Or it was just wide was It was in Limassol or something. It wasn't with uh, you. Yep. Yeah, yeah well, it was held held by customs for a little longer. Bless them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I had to pay customs when it arrived. I had to pay VAT uh and the clearing fee, um, which is all part of Brexit. So that was that was new and not terribly welcome. But there you go, that's the price you pay, I suppose. Um so I had lots of stuff arrive. Uh, like the aforementioned um uh home pod mini which now plays my podcast. Well, it does if I ask it to on the phone and then transfer. <laughs> anyway, I shall, I shall fix all that again. Um, and what else did I get? A new charging unit. So I've got a thing that can charge. It's got two wireless charging stations on it and uh, a USB-C and a couple of lightning and a micro USB. So all the various and sundry electronics that demand power on a regular basis, I can charge without them making a complete mess of the place um oh here's something here's something you should go and look up particularly if you're in the UK um wingback um wingback? wingback wingback yeah all one word um they make leather goods so uh little wallets like the chair um yeah yeah like the chair um and i, I think it's something imaginative like wingback.co.uk i'm not sure um well, I got a little wallet from them. it was Claire put me onto them, and oh, it's lovely. It's very, very small, very, very simple um so they're they're sort of hand finished, and you can get them uh embossed you know with initials and stuff and uh, little little mottoes, all that sort of thing. so I've got one of those which I'm delighted with mine has got my initials on the front, and then here we go here's there's my popper um and then it says memento mori. On the uh, on the inside flap.
0: Oh, very good. Uh, which is um, I like that,
1: as I'm sh- sure all the Stoics will know means remember death. Um, make the most of every moment, if you like. Uh, so I've been enjoying that, and I've got lots of stationary things to play with and to review for Nero's. uh And I'm working on um, I might I might rope you in on this actually. I'm wor- working on some <laughs> index cards. Um, as sort of using those as a note taking device. Um. It's getting a little bit fancy. Um, And, oh, yes, I think I bought some kitchen worktops. At least I was dragged from my office chair, taken to a place with a lot of worktops and uh, told to point at ones that appeal to me. (laughs) Um, Don't look at the prices, just point at the one that you like. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, here are seven identical grey Squares. No, no, no. This one's elephant's breath.
0: This one's graphite. Well, <laughs> this one. <laughs> Which is, do you um, prefer? Turmeric's kiss. This one is. Just pick any two. One noun and one verb, and that is your color.
1: Well, the um, the kitchen has um in in the planning somehow or other the kitchen has changed. So we are no longer going for a grey kitchen, ladies and gentlemen. <gasps> um, despite that being on on fashion, the trend. <laughs> on trend. We. We, my friends, are having a blue kitchen. Oh, dark blue, light blue, baby blue? Light blue, light blue, yeah. Closer to the baby blue end of the spe- spectrum, I think, yeah. With uh, the floors, which can't be changed because we have one floor through the whole house, <laughs> uh, is um is a sort of grey, um, what do they call it, compressed concrete? No, uh, speckled concrete? No, crushed concrete, maybe? Um, Terrazzo? It, you know, various if you say so um various shades of grey and the doors are grey and so now the worktop is well sort of grey marbly sort of thing going on so there's a sort of grey blue theme uh which i believe is going to be matched with some white it's going to be i don't know it's all beyond me man. but apparently it's all in hand and it's all happening uh at the end of april Hmm, it's coming up. Yeah, it'll be very exciting. The uh, the kitchen doors are being ordered because uh, they will have to be made because nothing nothing here is uh, standardized. It's all custom. Oh, and lots of funky white goods as well, you know, like ovens that tell you what time it is and do all sorts <laughs> of funky things. Does it cook your food, though? Or you've just bought a clock? Uh. Mrs. L tells me that actually it's her input that's most important in that, not the machine. Um, <laughs> she, she, she cooks the food. Uh, and I'm, in, I, I'm inclined to believe her. Um, but yeah, there we go. I've, other than that, I've been like I said, I'm, I'm cutting down on my just impulse buying things to Amazon, having them delivered to the office, and then paying she twice.: twice. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, till all that settles itself down. Um, we can we can buy from Amazon Germany, here, um, and most most of it will get delivered to us here. But delivery here uh, through the postal system can be a bit hit and miss. Would be so, the polite well, way of putting it. Is people understand that Germany is not
0: connected to the island of Cyprus, right? I, how is that the connection?
1: <laughs> uh well, because uh, Amazon .de is the biggest Amazon. On mainland Europe, I think. Okay, um, and clearly nothing is connected to Cyprus, so uh, <laughs> it's, it's got to it's got to come from somewhere. I just um, assumed the I mean, maybe
0: there is a Greek Greek Amazon. I don't know, I don't know, but I just assumed it would be closer than Germany, which is on a map not
1: quite nearby. Well, the the, the closest places would be Turkey, uh, but there mm. are some real problems with that, uh, and uh, well. Lebanon or Israel which or Syria Amazon.syria no I can't see that mm, so sure. mm, yeah mm. Ah, we shall see the, the alternative of course is that actually I don't really need much stuff when it comes to stuff uh, um, I'm pretty well served already <laughs> perhaps I should, yeah. should work on working through some of that right then quotes what is the TJ uh, have we got a quote have we got a TJ word of the day
0: yeah, actually, I, it was one word that I mentioned earlier um, that I dropped oh. into the chat. Fungible. 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 Oh, it's been they, in the news recently. talk about those... Yeah, those... What, what are they? NGFs? N, 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 NF, NFTs. 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 Uh, so, fungible as a word means mutually interchangeable. You know, it's fungible. It's the same as. It's identical. Uh, non-fungible tokens, NFT, you might have read about them in the news, is it's it's similar to Bitcoin and I think that it uses the, um,
2: what do you call it? Ethereum. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's the, what do you call that? Te- blockchain technology. Blockchain, um, yeah. So you can basically buy digital assets. So I think, was it Jack Dorsey's first tweet is being sold? Someone's first tweet is being sold or was sold for something like $40,000. Um, and you get basically a picture of it and a little token that says you own this. Um, so it's it, it's a novel thing at the minute. I think it will become a big player potentially in, in the way we sell things. Um, what was it I saw? I, I did a little bit of research on this just because it was curious. I think it was one of the big houses. Yeah, so Christie's, uh, the big sort of, what would you call Christie's? Auction house. Yes, exactly that. The word that I've just lost to me very um, have it listed on their website now whether they have a lot of stuff i'm not sure but um it's a way of buying digital things uh which is not as far as i know until the last couple of years something that many people did in that sense so interesting and that's the word that, that cropped up in the news and so i i made sure to remember what I, I think i knew what it meant but i remembered what i knew that it meant <laughs> and now i'm sharing it yeah. with
1: you dear listeners Fungible. Right. And I believe one of the, the key elements of this is that um, there's a sort of retained royalty to the piece of art or the digital service or good that's being sold. So if you are the original owner of the tweet, then every time the tweet is resold, a portion comes back to you. Oh, I, didn't I know that. believe that's part of it. Yeah, I was reading about it. Um, Jackson Dame, that you put oh, me on. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was writing about it. So, um, again, with all things blockchain and, and or Bitcoin esque, <laughs> um, I'm slightly suspicious. Not of blockchain. I think blockchain is uh, blockchain has the advantage of being comprehensible to the average person. You can explain what blockchain <laughs> is and what it does. The currencies built upon it, you move into slightly murkier areas, in my opinion. And to everybody <laughs> under 30 who's now shouting at, the, uh, at their device going, "Ah, oh, you're old, you don't understand. Yes, you're probably right, but you might be wrong. <laughs> um, what did I? Oh, quotes then. Yes, yeah, so f- going from fungible. Give me a quote.
0: Okay. This is a Swedish proverb, so there's no name, but it is a Swedish proverb.
2: Worry often gives a small thing a big shadow.
1: Mm. Yeah, there are profound lots, the Swedes. And there's a lot of sunlight in Sweden, so I suppose, yeah, you could you would see a lot of shadows. Very bright in the winter. <laughs> long <Sweden>. shadows. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah, very long, yeah. 24-hour days, all that sort of jazz. Uh, It's a very nice golf course. Anyway, um, what did I have? Uh, I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened. Uh, That was Mark Twain, and it's one that I use a lot, Um, particularly when talking to my wife, who is um, (laughs) an an A-grade worrier. She, She really does like a good worry. Um, and we'll we'll often find uh, anxiety, misery in in every situation.
2: Mm.
0: I can I can get some of that. I understand that in some ways.
1: I, I understand as well. Um, uh, but it, it's true. You know, we tend to worry about things that, that don't yeah. happen, uh, which leads us very, very nicely into tonight's topic. What are we well, talking?
0: We're going to let Gerald do his thing real quick, and then we're going to do this topic. <gasps> Gerald, how
1: no wonder he's forever leaving us.
3: This is the three-pin plug. The first pin is Stuart Lennon. You can buy his collection of reasonably priced notebooks and stationery supplies at NeroSnotes.com. You can read his writings on writing at StuartLennon.com. If you want to see photos of his dogs, Spice and Charlie, you can follow him on Instagram at Stuart.lennon587. The second pin is TJ Cosgrove. He created Wood and Graphite, a collection of over 150 short films on pencils, paper and other collected analog ephemera. You can watch it on YouTube, by searching Wood and Graphite. If you like looking at photos of coffee, keyboards and a black Labrador called Blue, you can follow him on Instagram at team Cosgrove. The third pin in the three pin plug is this show, 1857. You can support the show by leaving a review on iTunes, or the potcatcher of your choice. The efficacy of which is debatable. Or by sharing with someone you think would enjoy it. Perhaps even nip over to nerosnotes.com and pick up a few lovely notebooks or fancy pencils, it all helps to cover the cost of hosting. The 3-pin plug is brought to you by me, Gerald, a totally normal human being, and certainly not an AI based neural voice generator. Thanks for listening. Back to the show.
0: I've had a quick chat uh, before this, and uh, after that, that's a bit of a faux pas on your part. And he has agreed that he will continue. You know, he's done that one because that was pre recorded. He will be back next week, I'm told. But we may need to double the amount of brown M&Ms that he has. So, uh, you know, you got to do well, these the things. The thought of- The thought of more brown M&M's is driving me to the fridge for a Carlsberg. (laughs) You do that. I don't know if anyone noticed while Stu was talking earlier, I did get a a little bloop on my watch and stood up to get my extra one hour of standing this hour. (laughs) So see if you can figure out when that
2: was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I suppose it makes a difference from working out how many beers Stu's (laughs) had. There we go. Yes. So this
0: week's topic is something that we, I think we touched on it last week. It's certainly sort of, it's pinged up a couple of times in, in various conversations. And I think it's it's a really important topic to talk about. And it's in the news at the minute about mental health. And it's something that is stigmatized and shied away from. And, you know, this isn't going to be the, the deepest, most hard hitting conversation about it. But I think it is important to normalize the act of talking about Anxiety, and stress, and, and worrying about stuff because it's natural human emotions that we all feel, and it's important to understand how you process and deal with them. and And maybe sharing that between us and between the audience might be useful to some people. That's my hope, anyway. That's why I'm hoping to talk about it, anyway.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I suppose my my first show note on this, and in fact, the only show note I think I've done uh, for many, many years. As, as the listener knows, I'm older than God. Um, I I had no idea what anxiety was. I mean, I understood yeah. the broad concept, um, but anxiety was something that other people suffered from. Um, why that would be the case? Why I was particularly unanxious? I I don't know. I, maybe I was drinking too much. I was just too busy having a good time. <laughs> Um, too insensitive. I mean, these, these are all things that various people in my life have, have leveled at me from time to time. But <laughs> I really didn't feel anxious. I, I was an automatic stoic to, yeah. to a certain extent, in that if, if I couldn't affect something, then I didn't worry about it. It, it, it just struck me as illogical <laughs> to, to even consider it. It might rain tomorrow. Well, who cares? I mean, well, that's so gonna I rain or or it's not wet gonna tomorrow, rain. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but increasingly, I suppose your last couple of years, maybe. Um, I suppose for me, it would be the attack on Nero, yeah, um, that would be what triggered stuff for me because. I, I don't know, I suppose it was the first crisis that I faced from afar. So I was in, I was in London when Margaret and Nero attacked. That's right, attacked. I forgot that. And, and that made me feel incredibly powerless. Um, and that morning, uh, because I inexplicably, I woke at five in the morning uh, and looked at my phone to see that I literally just moments before missed a call because my phone was on do not disturb and stuff. Um, and it was from Margaret, sort of in the midst of the attack. And it was that horrible voicemail that, that I think yeah. we included in the show way back then. Um, from that moment until hmm, I'm going to say six o'clock in the evening, so, you know, 11 hours or so. I was on my way home. And for every second of every minute of every hour of that day, I was anxious. Yeah. I I was anxious about Margaret. I was anxious about Nero. Um, I was anxious about what this might mean for our lives going forward. Um, So, I suppose I I did a classic in terms of taking the actual, the actual issues and then sort of exploded them into sort of existential threats, which, you know, in fairness for Nero, it turned out to be exactly that. But yeah, um, that, that was for me, the first real sort of um, visceral experience of anxiety. And I guess, I mean, don't tell her, but I guess my wife would turn around and say, well, what you have there, Stuart, is unresolved grief. And that's why it keeps reappearing. So whenever yeah. I get anxious, she would argue that that would go back to unresolved grief about Nero. Yeah. And uh, my wife is, um, as, as yours, uh, I'm sure, is always right. So <laughs> yeah. um, far, far be it from me to argue with her. Uh, but anxiety is a real thing. And as you say, it's um, um, right now, it's huge in the news in the UK. Uh, and I guess in the U.S. as well, um, because yeah. you know hundreds of millions of people watched um, Meghan, Meghan, and uh, and Harry, or Prince Harry, as I believe he's still called, is he? I'm, I'm not sure. Talking about their, you know, challenges uh, that they've had over the last few years. What about you? Where's the Where's the Cosgrove anxiety coming from?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think. I i don't know anything from a professional level about anything to do with mental health. All I can share That's is my own that. experience. So for me, I think that, that, that idea that you said where there was almost a triggering event that that really made me aware of being anxious. Like I, I've mm-hmm. always been a worrier. I think I'd be more like Margaret than, than Stu in the kind mm-hmm. of worry about normal things. And I, that never really troubled me before it was more of a, a positive reaction like i tend to be quite fastidious and quite organized and that is often as a result of oh oh did i make sure that we had our passports oh did i fill out that form properly oh was that sort of was that gate locked you know, that's that's not anxiety it's not i'm that's not, not you know, controlling or or disruptive it's it's like a oh did i did i leave that light on did i blow out the candle before i left the house it's a it's a, an immediate worry that is quickly resolved by checking or doing the thing. And so for me, I find that quite useful. It's normal for me to go, okay, yeah, I want to make sure this, 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 and this are sorted, and then I'll be happy. I've resolved any worries I had about that. And for me, it's a process of ticking off things to to ensure that everything is in order, everything is safe, or whatever it might be. That was kind of my experience with worry. Up until... Without getting too deep into the personal details, both my parents were diagnosed with cancer in various forms within two years of each other. And it's ongoing for my dad and my mum is in remission now and she's doing really well. Both of them are doing really, really well, but it's been something that we've had to deal with as a family. And it was, my mum was diagnosed first and then a year, two years later, my dad was diagnosed and it was just the first one was a hammer blow and the second one flattened me. It just, I don't... Yeah, I'm not surprised. I, I didn't have any frame of reference for dealing with stress on this level. And it wasn't even internal. It wasn't even stress for me. It was stress about someone I love, which is really, really mm. hard because as you, with Nero and Mags, it's external and there's literally nothing you can do. You can you can think about it all you want. You can try and do all you want. It doesn't necessarily help. It just is uh, and especially with health, there's many, many people dealing with this kind of stuff every single day, and there's a sense of parlessness and and fear and anxiety about the future, and and just I that for me is a watershed moment because I remember the first time around with my mum, it was it was a big, big shock, and we were all very, very upset and very worried. But my mum and my dad are both incredibly strong people, and so my mum did really, really well and got through it. And there was there was really hard times in there, but she got through it. And then it was almost like we were on the upward trend. It was like, okay, I kind of feel like we're, we're getting a little bit of our footing here. And then we got the diagnosis about my dad and it was like, oh my. So if I had been at 100%, maybe I would have been able to weather that, but it was starting from maybe 30 or 40%. And it just completely flattened me. And I just remember... It, it being like a physical weight set on your shoulders from from feeling yep no problem because i'd flown home to see them and that's when they told me because mm-hmm. they didn't want to tell me when i was living in england so i'd flown home to see them for a week or so and we all sat down and had this big family talk and that was that was probably the best way to do it because then I would have had a horrible flight like you trying to get home worried so probably better to get home and then deal with it but i just remembered that moment it you know it replays in my mind sometimes it was horrible it's a horrible horrible moment and i don't i know lots of people deal with this every day and i'm not unique in that but it for me it was a very a very important moment in that kind of i think a lot of my anxiety now traces back to that not necessarily directly as a as a result of that some of it does but it's that kind of resilience and I've talked to this with my friends quite a lot. And I'm trying to be in the last few years more open about my own mental health and being aware of where my my limits are and my challenges are. And I think that was the moment that really put a lot of pressure on my own mental health for me being okay with dealing with stuff. Um, So I would consider myself relatively resilient, strong, kind of capable person. And that took me from being strong, resilient to being completely open to whatever was going to happen. And so it was silly things, you know, because you're so preoccupied, worrying about some big, big thing that's affecting people you love. uh, The little small things that normally you just go, yeah, maybe it might rain tomorrow or maybe it won't. Or, yeah, I probably filled out that form. Okay, if it's not right, someone will come back and tell me. It's not going to be a big deal. They start becoming increasingly more impactful in a negative way so i find that my ability to deal with things and and sort of be resilient in the in the face of stress was was really really badly impacted and so stuff that i knew i would have been able to handle before was much harder or much more stressful or i got upset much quicker and that was frustrating in its own right because you go well i, I th- this shouldn't bother me i'm fine why am i not fine and you know unresolved grief I I don't know enough about this to pretend I know what I'm talking about I can just talk from my own experience knowing that that moment for me and dealing with that was a big sort of threshold and and I think I'm a, a better stronger more compassionate person for it and you know my we we're much closer as a family not that we were far apart before but for us anyway it was very much a well okay we can't control this and it's very obvious that we don't get a choice in what happens to anyone here so Mm. we're just going to be positive do what we can and spend time doing what we love together and, and being together and so that was one of the factors that that made us move home it wasn't because we felt obliged or that my parents asked that you know that was never part of the pressure they were never saying you need to come home we were just in england going why are we here Do we want to be here is this where we want to be is this where we need to be we're not going to buy a house they're really expensive back home they're less expensive and we like the country and there's jobs and that's
1: and our family and that's exactly where um i think anxiety is uh controlled anxiety reasonable anxiety correct anxiety somebody who knows what they're talking about will be able to translate all that but anxiety there is a flag it's anxiety mm. that's making you sit there and go, well, actually, why am I here? Yeah. And ask those positive questions that led to a positive change. Yes. Something that you're delighted that you've done. Oh, yeah. You feel fantastic We're, about yeah. it, that other people have benefited. You know, and I think anxiety, the, the definition thereof, neither you nor I is, is qualified to, to give. hmm but I think you touched in the show notes that there, there is a positive side to anxiety. Uh, one feels anxious for a reason and, and that reason can be really positive. It can be your psyche saying to you, hang on, <laughs> there's something here that we need to think about or we need to yeah. talk about or we need to deal with. Um, and it can, I think, be very, very destructive. And that's where the, the whole unresolved Mm. grief comes in i mean margaret is a she's not a grief counselor she's um she's a grief recovery specialist which apparently there's an important distinction there um and i'm prepared to believe her uh, the folks over at rsvp do a lot of work around uh, anxiety i think and um, that's well worth listening to the to them mm. talking about it uh because they're you know right on the front line those guys and, and you know fair play to them um
2: but Margaret tells me
1: things that I suppose resonate with me, so I can still think about what happened to Nero and find my fingernails cutting my palms because yeah. I'm clenching my fists so hard um and i i if um if thought if thought crimes were real, then I would be in prison for a very long time for the things that I have pictured myself doing at some great length to the people responsible, or I, who I hold responsible for, for Nero's death. And I mean, this is a dog. <laughs> so, I mean, anybody who owns a dog knows how important a dog is to the family, but at the end of the day, it's not a human being. Um, however, the feelings that are, are evoked in me are very, very real. And again, from your show, you know, I can I can feel them reflected in my heart rate. Yeah, I can. That's get, one of the I interesting things. Ferociously angry.
0: Yeah, I find that really interesting since getting the Apple Watch is being able to check that. And I think for me, it's really useful because sometimes it's psychosomatic. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes I will feel as if my chest is thumping. I'm worried or anxious about something or I feel like I'm in this spiral of worrying. And I look at my watch and it's going. 74 75 72 and i'm going no 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 i feel my my heart no (laughs) i i expect it to be 140 and the reality of the situation is this is my head this is not my heart and that's really useful because it's very grounding because i'm like okay this is a, a mental response not a physical one sure i feel better and sometimes it's the opposite sometimes you think yeah, no, I'm just worrying. It's not, it's not that big a deal. And you look down, your heart is 110, 120. Like, I'm sitting down. There's no real reason for that to be that high. This is obviously bugging me. This is obviously worrying me. And and mm. for me, anyway, it's, it's, it's an attempt to try and understand myself better. Because everyone's going to be unique in their response and their approach to this. Uh, for me, it was trying to understand, okay, well, what makes me anxious? And what can I do to help that? And what helps me when I am anxious? And what can I do to, to, you know, positive reactions if I am stressed or worried about something? Because the Um, worst thing you can do is is lean in. Everything's due. All kinds of stuff. I think everyone's had a very challenging year, mental health-wise, physically, financially, every single possible variable with COVID. And for me, it was anxiety about my parents. So both of them were in the vulnerable category. Both of them were shielding. I didn't see them for months on end. Uh, you know, they came to our wedding and we had to socially distance. I couldn't hug my mum on my wedding day. All of that just feeds into this. This is not normal. This is weird. I miss my parents. I miss my family. This is and, you know, I have Megan. Megan's an incredible rock. She's so strong and she's she's a lovely, wonderful person. And I don't think I could have picked anyone better to, to be locked down with but you still miss the normality of seeing your friends and your family and being able to do things. And for me, that that's challenging. And I think I was fine for the first two lockdowns here because it was bright and sunny and we could go out and go on long walks and things like that. Once we got to the winter time and it got darker and colder and we couldn't go out anywhere, you know, I could find myself being six days at a push having not left the house pre, pre blue before we got the dog six or seven days in a row without leaving the house not Mm -hmm. because i wanted to stay in the house i'm normally a relatively gregarious and outgoing person but like i'm not allowed to go anywhere i'm not allowed to do anything i'm not allowed to see anyone and i'm not interested in exercising right now so there's literally no reason to leave the house and so we're just slumming between watching tv playing video games and sitting around and it's not a healthy place to be and um and I, you know, by by and large, I had everything going for me. My job was remote, you know. Wonderful wife, nice home. There's no reason for me to ha- be anxious about having to stay indoors, and yet I find it reflected in my behaviour that it was challenging and it was affecting me. And I, I mean, I think people worry about all kinds of things, and I certainly worry about most things that most people would expect. You know, sometimes I worry about money, sometimes I worry about health, sometimes I worry about my family and my friends and my parents, and it, it just there's nothing out of the ordinary that I worry about. The thing that concerns me about my own anxiety, the, the, when I get worried about it is whenever I get overly anxious about something that I, that seems not very important. So mm-hmm. if I am anxious, it, it tends to breed anxiety. So if I'm worried about something in the back of my mind, it'll make me over, you know, over imagine something else. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, something was bothering me about, Can't this is the thing, I can't even remember what it was, but I remember being anxious about something and then waking up in the middle of the night going, did that email I sent to someone, was that too snappy? Were they going to be offended? Did they take that joke the wrong way? And, you know, silly stuff that if you were objectively looking at it, you go, well, no, because it was three weeks ago. And if they were offended, they might have mentioned it. And actually, when you read it back, it was a completely you know, normal, there's nothing offensive in this whatsoever. <laughs> but that kind of little voice in the back of your head going, but what if, but what if, but what if? It It's an insidious kind of creep of anxiety for me sometimes where I don't realize it's bad until it's bad. And then because it's bad, it's very easy for it to get worse. And and it's not, like, I'm not depressed. I'm not sad. I'm not lounging around the house thinking I can't go out. There's a lot of people who have much more debilitating issues with. Anxiety and stress, and I I totally understand that. For me, it's more being aware of where my thresholds are and where my kind of like, oh, actually, I'm I'm actually a bit worried about this. And I mean, we've talked about stuff in the past. I've I've come to you for advice and to have a chat about things, and it's really useful. That's one of the most beneficial things: is to have a chat with friends and just say like this, Mm -hmm. this thing, right? This is it. What do you reckon? And inevitably, the person goes, Yeah. Um, sorry. You worried about this? What do you, do you want me to? What? Yeah, it's a thing. That seems totally fine to me. And by externalizing it from yourself and going, this thing is in my head and it keeps bouncing around inside my head. What do you think? And the person goes, Yeah. Um, I think you did the right thing, or I think that's not a problem, or yeah, I think that's not going to be an issue. All of a sudden, you go, Ha. Huh, yeah, I suppose <laughs>
2: maybe it isn't such a big deal no i mean i think um
1: you, you touched on it earlier when you know one feels anxious one feels um worried frightened scared all of those things and you know together sorted out people just deal with that yeah. okay fine we we all want to be the together sorted out people that deal with that uh, and the way that they deal with that is that they get worried and they get anxious and then they talk about it with someone that they love or or maybe even a stranger, but they talk it through, think it through, they use techniques, they they manage the issue, and they mm. come out the other side going, I am no longer anxious about this because of X, Y, and Z. Now, yeah. They might use, um, what, do, what do they call it in stoicism? Uh, negative visualization. So you, you might turn around and say, okay, What's the worst that could happen? And I, I try and use this with Margaret sometimes when she, she'll say to me, oh, I'm worried about this. Okay, okay. Well, what's the yeah. worst that could happen? Because often for her, it'll be, oh, can we leave the dogs alone for this long? Well, the worst that will happen is that one of them will have an accident in the crate. Uh, one of them being Charlie Spices, of course, the saint. <laughs> but um. And I say, and then I will clear it up and we'll put the washing machine on to clean, clean the blanket and the problem will be resolved. That That's the worst that's going to happen. Ah, okay. Well, that's not the end of the world, is it? So, I mean, that can work. But I think what's important is that all of these people who appear to be sorted and sussed do talk about it. Yeah. And I think now this is done more openly, but in the past... Men used to do it in the pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if you see two men talking in a pub, one of them's got a problem because two men without <laughs> a problem in the pub will just sit there in silence. They're playing darts. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, not bad. Another beer. Okay. Um, but uh, I I've written about it on my blog. Stuart and I do. <laughs> we we get into all sorts of deep conversations about each other's lives and and issues and concerns and worries. Um, but we do it when we're so full of alcohol that neither of us can remember. So <laughs> I know all of Stuart's secrets. I've heard them all, but I couldn't tell you any of them because I don't remember them. <laughs> and that, I think that's probably always been the case. And Stuart and I, you know, rightly or wrongly, work stuff out together. We feel yeah. better but we still couldn't tell you why. Um, And I think now, um, you know, you're allowed to do that when you're sober, which I think is great because it does help. It undoubtedly, because whenever I talk to either someone else or sometimes even myself or my dog, I will, I will talk out loud and say, okay, so what am I worried about? And I, I will, I will sort of, I'll, I'll mock myself to a certain extent and I'll, I'll say, okay, so why exactly am I worried about that? What, what do I think is going to happen? Hmm, Okay. Do you know what? I'll pick up the, TJ, that email that I sent you, it didn't offend you, did it? And you go, uh, yeah. no. What email? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> email? You sent me an email. Um, and I'll go, okay, that's fine. But you, you know, expressing it, and and putting words to it and giving it, yeah. uh, you know, a reality, as you say, outside of yourself, can often be be enough. And and sometimes yeah. it isn't. You know, sometimes I think you do have mm. to talk to someone else, and sometimes you do have to talk to a professional, even. But, Absolutely, and you shouldn't feel bad about doing that. That should be,
0: you know, there's this has been talked about many many times by people far more experienced and and knowledgeable than me, but. It's, it's wild that we don't consider mental health issues the same as we do health issues. If I fall and break my arm, I don't get up, shrug it off and go, well, it'd be awkward if I told anyone about this. It'd be weird if anyone knew that I broke my arm, so I'm not going to talk about breaking my arm. You know, you just, you go to the A&E, you get your arm set, you get a plaster, you're fine. It should be the same for your mental health. It should be the same for things that worry you and stress you and, and, and make you sad talk to people, start with the people you trust. And then if if that's not going to help or it's not enough or you want someone different, you want anonymity, there are charities. And I'll I'll stick a few links in the show notes as well. You know, I think that that should always be an option because in my experience, some of the times that I've been really anxious and and spoken to someone, I've solved my own problem by telling this person and they've gone, "Uh uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, okay and and what is yeah okay yeah and then i've gone and yeah so that's why i'm worried and really i should just do this and then it'll be fine and they're gone okay mm. so why don't you do that um yeah i suppose i should <laughs> okay yeah thanks thanks so much and they're like uh, i don't know what i did <laughs> but okay
1: yeah exactly they just um you know often the best listeners do just that don't they they just sit there and listen yeah yeah and and the, they don't have to say anything because you just bounce yourself to the point you need to get to. Yeah. Um. I mean, f- this is coming to you, young man. So pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> um. As as you get older, you get to a point now. I'm I'm fifty, right? So most of my friends are in a similar sort of uh, age group because you tend to to know people the same age, and you know we've all got parents who are you know seventy, eighty, ninety they they're up there so most of us have lost, lost a parent uh if not, if not more if not more that would be two i suppose wouldn't it really
2: um but it's that season of life where illness life
1: threatening illness uh sudden death uh, these things are much more common now than they were yeah. for me when i was 30 i I don't suggest for a second that, that there's some sort of age monopoly on these things. There isn't. However, numbers are numbers. And the stats are, I know more and more people who are, you know, laid low by, you know, some horrible illnesses, diseases, events, or who have somebody in their family. Uh, just death becomes more apparent. Prevalent. Yeah. More, yes mortality comes close so um yeah my my, uh, my friend in ireland has got to have an operation to you know that sort of sinusy lumpy cancerousy things you know all of those words together organized in the right order um scary you know knitting needles up the nose that that type of stuff to uh, to sort out some issues there um, I've got other friends, uh, another friend here in Cyprus whose mother unexpectedly died yesterday, and all of those things tend to trigger anxious thoughts within me, because mm, it makes you think about your own circumstances. Yeah, and you know sometimes I don't think it's even as linear as that, but it it, it must be that, but it's really easily resolved. And for someone like me, cause I traditionally don't talk about if I, I'm an internalizer. So if there is something that is bothering me, then you will hear about it once I have processed it. Yeah. Um, and that processing period is the dangerous period. Okay. That's when I might, uh, when people might be prone to making bad decisions, doing the wrong things, or in my case, drinking my own body weight and alcohol is is while I'm doing that processing. Once I express that to whomsoever, it probably means that I'm 90% fixed. You know I mean? I've, I've got to the point where, as you were just describing, I'm just going to say something and I'm going to keep talking and by the end of it, I'm probably going to go, okay, yeah, that was good talk. Thanks very much. Yeah. And you're going to sit there and go, no idea what that was about. Um, <laughs> and I think, the the older i get and the more these things sort of land upon me the faster i am now to talk about them and to say okay look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna process this um my brain does automatically start processing it It immediately goes okay you know is this unexpected is this statistically just you know (laughs) where i am in life now um you know and I'll start thinking those things but at the same time I will start having conversations with people and saying wow did you hear about did you see did you yeah and those yeah. type that's why people of my age go did you hear about Jimmy oh yeah. oh yeah he's not very well blessed. oh dear. and and younger people of your age are rolling your eyes at the very start of the conversation but it, it's actually it's us coping with this yeah it's us you know developing strategies for for aging, getting older, getting closer to death. Yeah, and I think it's
0: important that the goal, I guess, is not to remove these things because you can't remove them. They're, they're <laughs> fundamental to the human condition, like death, pain, uh, loss, mm-hmm. all these things happen, whether we want them to or not. And so the goal shouldn't be to live without them. As As lovely as that would be, it's to understand them, understand yourself, and deal with it in a way that is positive or at least not negative um and it's it's hard and as you get older you know I've had to deal with with loss and death and you know injuries and, and health issues and things like that and the silver lining of each of them which is very 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 hard to see when it happens is that it's preparing you to deal with this in the future right and that's 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 the way sure. I choose to look at it is that every horrible painful thing that I've had to deal with Will mean that the next time something this or similar comes along, I will at least have experienced it before It may be the exact same pain, but it's not a new pain, and at least that's a known variable rather than an unknown variable and and that's a small silver lining to take sometimes whenever your whole world crashes around you know down around you. but it is that there are benefits to dealing with this in a positive way and it's really hard to see that in the moment, but that's how I'm trying to to do better by myself and deal with things. And, you know, the physical reaction that I get sometimes to anxiety is is noticeable. So I won't realize how stressed or anxious I am until I reach a point where I'm just very, very frustrated or, or upset or annoyed about something. And then the smallest thing will make me, explode is the wrong word, but it's it's more of a... a an overflowing of like, oh, I just can't, I just need to, no, I need a minute, I need to sit down. And it could be something as silly as the computer program I'm running didn't work, or the internet died. And in a normal day, the internet dying happens about 67 times an hour for us. So it shouldn't, it's not an issue, right? <laughs> but whenever you're frazzled, whenever you're at the end of that kind of uh, ramping up of of stress or pain or worry or whatever it might be, it's the little things that that tip you over the edge, at least for me. And so it could be the Wi-Fi's down. And Megan, the Wi-Fi's down again. I just need to do my job. I just need to do this thing. And it, 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 that's the, the final straw. You know what I mean? And Yeah, for sure. it's useful to understand when that's coming and understand when it happens. And Megan's very good. Megan's a very empathetic person. She can kind of tell how I'm feeling. And normally before I hit that point, she'll have arrived and, you know, give me a hug or make up a cup of coffee or, you know, whatever it might be, whatever she senses might help. You know, intuitive people tend to come along and try and do something, which is brilliant. But sometimes, for me, the catharsis of of being frustrated and finally going, "No, actually, I'm I'm really upset about, or really worried about this thing." Do you mind if we talk about this? And then talking about it, and kind of letting some pressure off that valve, and and just thinking about it. That is really, really important, and for me, it's a really good way of going, right? Let's. Just take a step back and reset and feel like, yeah, I'm worried about this. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and check that email. I'm going to go and phone such and such. I'm going to go and make double check sure that that's that's where it needs to be. And that's a way I can deal with this anxiety because I've done something positive and proactive towards sorting the the, the root of the issue. But even after that, I'll notice if something's really impacting me. Because sometimes you've got a busy day or a stressful day and you get annoyed about something. And then an hour later, you've forgotten. It's not a big deal. But for me, I notice whenever it's been something really that kind of physical exertion, physical stress or physical anxiety is that I'll feel ill for a few days afterwards. Like I'll get a sore stomach or I'll get headaches or neck pain or something like that. And, and last year, two years ago, I went to the doctor because I kept having really sore stomach and it just felt like trapped wind. It was just kind of an un, uncomfortable pain in my stomach. And then that happened a couple of times, and was going. It's probably just heartburn or something, and I'll just take antacids. That's fine. That, that was that was okay, and it kept sort of reoccurring. And then this sort of worry machine got into to gear, and it was like, "Well, your stomach's going to fall out, and your your chest cavity is going to cave in, and you're going to die. This is something horrific, something horrible is happening to your insides." And so I went to the doctor, and the doctor you know, did tests, blood tests, things like that. And it was, you know, are you anxious or stressed about anything? Um, I mean, yeah, there's there's and then unleash a torrent of things I'm worried about. All right, OK, yeah, maybe maybe try not being so stressed. This is probably caused or at least exacerbated by you being very worried about things. Take a moment, mm-hmm. do what you can try and try and relax. <sighs> And understanding for me anyway that some of those physical symptoms of like feeling sick or just feeling a bit under the weather can come from me being so anxious or so worried about stuff that I'm I'm making myself sick is a really good way of me going, hold on, no, I'm not going to get myself worked up, I'm not going to get myself worried, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to think about what's worrying me and I'm going to confront it and write it down or speak to someone or do something proactive and productive and I'm not going to let it escalate to that level where I get really anxious because I don't have to if I if I can see it now I can do something about it um and so that paired with the apple watch being able to check how I'm physically responding is has been really useful to me and it's something that I'm trying to do better and again I'm not an expert I don't know what I'm talking about I'm just sharing my own personal experience here and one of the things that I've found recently and this is <laughs> it's silly to say it because it's the least original thought that any human has ever had in the entire existence of humanity but one of the things I've found recently that really 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 helps me is exercise he said mm. dropping the bombshell Mike oh, drop. who has ever considered this as a, <laughs> a remedy to feeling bad I decided about it was three or four weeks ago you know what No, I'm done feeling rubbish in the mornings. I'm done feeling groggy and tired and getting up later and later and and just being that kind of lockdown malaise of just feeling worse every day because I can't do anything. And that kind of Groundhog Day-esque nightmare was just dragging on and on. I thought, no, right, I'm going to do something. I'm going to get up and exercise. I have this Apple Fitness Plus thing. It's on my iPad. I've wasted the three-month free trial by not doing any of them. So now I have to pay £10 a month. That is my penance for being lazy. I will pay the £10 a month and I will go and try and do an exercise in the morning. Just tomorrow morning. That's all i got to do. So I got up the next day at about seven, ten past 7, I think it was. And I went and got the yoga mat that we have and I set it out in the office. I set my iPad up and I have my Apple Watch on and I connected it up. And I did, I think it was a, a, a strength workout, so weights Uh, Mm -hmm. it was like a 10 minute introductory one that was on Apple, Apple TV, Apple fitness plus. And I did that and total aside the the whole program on there is really good. I'm really enjoying it as a service. And I put it on and I did the 10 minutes and I put the weights down
2: and I sat down on the, on the mat and went, Hmm, I haven't felt this good in literally months. Yep. It's, it was
0: amazing. It was, and the difference was literally night and day. And I felt so good afterwards that I got up and I got a shower and I put the things away and I got stuck into work. And that was one of the most productive days I'd had in weeks. And I felt like a, like a fog had lifted from my head and I just felt so much better. And I, I went to bed that night and thought, right, probably just a, a gimmick. It's probably just a, you know, one off. But we'll do it tomorrow. No Yeah. It can't work twice, right? Well, we'll try it. We'll, we'll prove it wrong. So I got up the next day. And I did a different workout and I felt really, really good and a nice productive day. And I got to about four o'clock and I still had tons of energy and was awake and aware and, and excited to work on things and, and keep working. It's like, OK, this is developing into a trend. Let's try three days, see how we go. And it's been about two weeks now, or just shy of two weeks of doing this pretty much every morning. And it is the most beneficial thing. And I feel so good for it. And I am definitely, definitely not the first person to say exercise is good for your mental health (laughs) because it's been yelled from the rooftops for probably thousands of years. But it really was a magic bullet for me. And it was a moment of kind of, oh, because I just assumed I was walking the dog in the evenings. That's enough. That's that's doing it. No. So now I I can. I mean, you see the the notifications on your watch because we have our fitness things linked up. In my Mm. morning time, so around seven ish o'clock, eight o'clock, I'll normally get 10 to 20 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes of a workout of some kind done. And it's brilliant. It just sets me up for the day. And I genuinely finish that and I'm ready to start the day. And I feel better than I have in a long, long time going into it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, I mean, I walk the dog or dogs uh, Mm. in the morning. And it is by far the most important routine or habit that I have. Um, because as as you say, doing it in the morning gets you set up right. Gets yeah. you thinking the right way. Gets you feeling positive. And it has, I think, a double whammy because you've got, for me, I've got the exercise of getting out and walking and I've got the dogs. And if you want to know how not to worry About life. Watch a
0: dog. (laughs) Yeah. Blue is also an excellent, excellent way to to relax. Because it just comes over and goes positivity, (laughs) pure happiness all the time. They're just astonishing.
1: They're just like, isn't it great? Look at that. We're awake. It's fabulous. They greet the new day with such enthusiasm that, yeah, I can't help, even when I'm grumpy. I go out with these two, and they're both pulling my arm off because they want to go and sniff this and do that. Just it's a fantastic way to start, and I come back bouncing. I'm like, okay, right, okay. What have we got? What have I got to face today? And so, the most practical tip that I can give from my experience uh, with anxiety is is exercise, and exercise in the morning, whatever you can do. Whether that yeah. be take take a stroll, whether it be do some press ups or some sit ups, just just ten move. minutes, anything, yeah, yeah, it's a huge winner. And then I suppose the other thing um, that you know that we have to say is again, TJ is not an expert, neither am I. We're just guys who sort of live. If you are feeling bad, talk to someone, and if you're feeling yeah. really bad, talk to a professional. But yeah, don't be silent. There's no, there is no shame in feeling under the weather, whether that be a mental thing or a physical thing. Th- we have all
2: lived through an enormous challenge. Mm.
1: This People will look back at this and go, well, how did we manage? How did we ever get out of our sweatpants? <laughs> it's quite a heavy episode. It was a bit, wasn't it? I, just to lighten, before we go... Uh, we do have an Ask 1857 question that's popped <gasps> up. It's been a while since those. Um, and I, it's, it's brilliant. So I don't know if it's ironic or it's Freudian. <laughs> but I wasn't in the, the Slack co- again. I, this is my shameful moment of admission. The, no, th- this came up uh, live while we were recording. Um, Phil, <laughs> Phil J has come up with, have the good messes. Now, I want to just, just stop here and say, the good messes, TJ Cosgrove and Stuart. Messers, as in monsieur, is M-double-S-R-S. If you add the E's in, <laughs> then it becomes a kind of Irish word, doesn't it? A yeah, messer, as in someone who is yeah. messing with me. Uh, and this is, this is the Irish spelling. I don't know whether intentionally or not. Uh, have the good messers TJ Cosgrove and Stewart seen, thought about, or used stereo? I've seen a few folks on YouTube use it as a sort of interactive podcast. Uh, And if you click the link, as I have done, uh, you get to uh, an app page about, well, Stereo is the premier live broadcast social platform that enables people to have and discover real conversations in real time. Now, it sounds a lot like Clubhouse. (laughs) <laughs> faqs is this clubhouse um, <laughs> no
0: they don't it's it's called a talk yeah i i think i heard of this i think i've seen the advert that everybody's seen um that popped up um i don't know anything about it uh, apart from that it is some sort of live podcasting program i mean there, there's mm-hmm. a thousand different ways to do a live broadcast now you could do uh, OBS and YouTube if you want to get fancy you could just do an Instagram live, you could do Twitter live I think, you can do Facebook live there's all manner of ways of doing this would I like to do it for the podcast? maybe, I don't know maybe maybe for a questions version but then mm. are we so bold as to assume we could fill on a 90 minutes with questions hmm a bit disparaging, well, yeah, could just- but, but a bit disappointing if you get three questions and then sit for 87 minutes?
1: Yeah, well, no, I suppose you talk for 90 minutes then ask for questions, don't you? I mean, that, that, that would be our standard standard MO. Um, yeah, no, I, the answer to the question is no, we haven't. Um, I've listened to lots of podcasts talking about Clubhouse um, and going, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Is it? Maybe. Not sure. Who knows? Hmm. Um, uh, it's great to see innovation uh, in the space. I'm, I'm all for that. I think it's brilliant. I think when you get to trying to manage an audience and their contribution I don't know because I've never done it but I suspect that's quite hard work
2: yeah I don't
0: know I don't know how much appetite people have for listening to us live I mean I don't know how much appetite people have for listening to us
1: pre-recorded either i say we've we've got the stats and i think it's about eight people who download us a, f- a few hundred times each I mean, that's <laughs> broadly how it works. i could probably look it
0: up actually i don't i don't know off the top of my head it's not on this um it's on the ipad but I, I dare not move anything on the ipad in case it stops recording
1: oh yeah don't do that um my my mac just finished doing whatever it was doing updating and is now asking me every 90 seconds if I want to uh, connect my AirPods to it. <laughs> um, Although in fairness, I said no, just the once. And it's left me alone since then. So perhaps perhaps the update has done the trick. Um, Progress? No, I, I would definitely look at it. I have a couple of times thought, you know, should we live stream? Should we have um, a a discourse running alongside so that, uh, you know, I, I listen to lots of podcasts where the chat room is listening along live and giving corrections. Oh god, that would be a busy thread. Um or, <laughs> or making comments. Um and thought, you know, should we do that? Should we do that? And maybe we should. Uh really? I don't know. Already already I, you know, um I, I leave the heavy lifting to TJ. He does the editing. So <laughs> <laughs> he's already burdened with quite a lot of work and I just sort of record and switch off. So uh, I'm not sure the the last thing we'd want to do is to make this uh, a chore for uh, for either of us. And no, it I don't think
0: it would like make that. it a chore. It's more of would it add much? That's my biggest concern is like, mm. would it be that people are like, yeah, this is interesting. We're like, oh yeah, such and such says this is interesting. Cause I think part of the joy for me at least is that we, we both have a bit of time to digest things when we uh-huh. look at the topic and we have time to think about what we're going to say. And then, you know, we might check Slack and things might come up organically or, or we'll check Slack in the middle of a recording and, and chat about things. But I think it's that kind of having enough time to think about it a wee bit rather than just being off the cuff all the time. Um, maybe that's better. Maybe that's worse. I don't know. But I mean, sure. I'll look into it.
2: Yeah, why not? Let's let, let's look into it.
1: Um. Well, I think we're kind of done. I mean, I'm not feeling yeah. particularly anxious at the moment. I've got to say that's a good thing.
0: No, I'm feeling good. Uh, the this last couple of days have been really, really positive for me. Um, that whole exercise, I've, I've, I think I've caught the bug for exercising, and just that that morning morning exercise, nightly dog walk is kind of my format now. Mm-hmm. I think.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean the the warning that I would give with the benefit of age uh, is it's really easy to fall out of it as well. Oh yes. Yeah,
0: I think maybe once potentially life returns to some form of normality, this might be harder to do because my morning, uh, you know, strength workout or my morning yoga session uh, would interface delightfully with my morning train to work. Uh, not necessarily the best place to, to stand doing, you know, um, what I call warrior pose on in the middle of the train uh, with the iPad sort of balanced on someone's head. It's probably not the most practical system. <laughs>
1: no indeed and you know there is going to be a whole new set of challenges for you know introverts the world over are going to be oh well we have to go back to seeing people
0: buildings like the thing with people in them no thank you
1: yeah i mean you know there's there's a part of me that's very much enjoyed some of this lockdown there's another part of me that's hated it but it's going to be interesting to see i think there's going to be a whole
2: new set of social challenges as as Right, so I don't know how good my editing abilities are or whether
0: I'll hide this in post, but so as we were talking, um, we were chatting away there and I think we were almost, almost at the end of the episode and I was on my phone and I'd been looking at to see if I could find our stats and I couldn't. So then I did that thing where you swipe up from the bottom and you just get rid of all those old apps, you know, those pesky things that are in the way. Um, and I just went, swipe, 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 and then went, oh, there's Stu's face. Swipe. And just killed our call <laughs> and just shot our call completely. I thought, I thought naively that maybe it would have some sort of fail safe, but no, 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 gone. That, that call just abruptly ended. And so I was like, right, well, uh, I'll call him back. It's fine. It's fine. I'll call him back. There's not that much time as elapsed, but it'll be fine. I called you back. I think in doing so killed your recording because signal rings on both the iPad and the phone and then when, killed your recording and then you didn't answer. So when you didn't answer you rang me back, killing my recording. (laughs) Just absolute chaos, dominoes of chaos. So it's just a 40-minute sort of back and forth of me trying to make sure that this calls you and Signal calling every device that I own and and saying, right, actually, this
1: is ringing, so this recording stops right here. So there's definitely something to be said for just rationalizing exactly where all of these apps live. Because I am right now, <laughs> if I could take a picture i would i've in front of me is the um the monitor attached to my mac mini, and uh-huh. just sort of to the bottom left corner is my iPad pro, which has got um ferrite running and my show notes, and to the right hand bottom corner is my phone. Upon which we are talking, which is currently showing me that my AirPods <laughs> Pro uh, are connected. So I've got all these three screens that all explode into notifications when there's a call,
0: and cancelling any and cancelling any, any recording, yes, or... any other sort
1: of function that's going on. So we, oh no, we definitely need to look at, or I definitely need to look at that, and. It, this does segue actually with something that I teased at the start of the episode and then completely forgot to mention, which was why I was um doing lots more recording. Oh yeah. Um, so I've started recording another podcast now. I oh my yeah, and this is how you tell me. Well, this is how you do in the the dead end of the end of the episode. Well, you know, I'm already doing one on my own that I I record my blog posts for uh, yes. members of my site, Stirlin, and uh, Justin over in um good old-fashioned, Vancouver. Uh, he edits all that for me. And he dropped me a note and said, just, just actually, no, this isn't true. He put a thing on Instagram saying, hey, does anybody fancy doing a podcast? Pretty much. Um, talking about <laughs> um, productivity, which, as TJ knows, is one of my weaknesses i i consistently (laughs) not actually being productive that i'm crap at but uh talking about productivity and learning about productivity is something that that i i do a lot so uh i sort of went back to him and said well you know i'd 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 love to listen uh and i'd I'd even be a guest and well i'd kind of maybe also co-host if you what? <laughs> um, And he came back and said, okay, well, look, why don't we record something? So uh, we've recorded an ep or two, um, and this has now reignited a whole uh, systems question because I, uh, just like with this podcast, um, I try and do as little as possible. So <laughs> TJ... <T-T-T-J-> Life hack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TJ does this amazing sort of, uh, I'm just going to do this shortcut and this sh- show note thing appears um and then i record my audio save it on on dropbox generally sort of you know two days late or in all sorts of the wrong formats and stuff uh and then tj makes it all work and justin does exactly the same with uh with writer interrupted he sort of pulls me out of, of trouble there and with this new podcast that we're recording he he's doing all the editing and so um, there's, there's a musical that was on in London called, oh, was it One Man, Two Governors? W- when you're working with someone else who's doing all the work and they say, look, could you, could you record like this, please? Yeah, just, just get this app and do that. You, you, <laughs> you, you kind of go, yeah, okay, cool. So uh, the first thing is that TJ likes me to record on the iPad and Justin likes me to record on the Mac So for a while there, (laughs) I had my Mac mini brought up on top of my desk so that the unplugging plugging thing was easier Uh, because my mic has to be unplugged from one to the other. And as I was saying to TJ before we started recording, my iPad gets really offended if you unplug the mic (laughs) and it just stops working. And so I have to then reboot it and, and plug it in. And...
2: We talk on
1: Signal to record this podcast. Yes. On the Mac, so I'm dealing with one of those, those people across the Atlantic, they want to talk on a thing called Skype, which is some sort of ancient technology from, I think it was the ancient Britons or maybe the Goths um, who were using it. <laughs> uh, and this is how, how proper podcasters work, apparently tj is that they use skype and they have a thing called call recorder running to do a backup recording and uh, everything is all on the same device and that's fine ah uh, no no, no. seat in my pants that causes abject chaos in my setup <laughs> partly because i don't have headphones or all, all the headphones i have are far too expensive so they're all wireless and and that's really bad if you're going to do everything on Skype and on one machine because you get lag and you get feedback and everything doesn't work. And so every <laughs> at the moment every time I record with anyone, I'm sitting here just completely mystified. I've got no idea what's going on. And at the end of the the episode, I almost certainly go to whoever it is and go, TJ, Justin, what format should I be saving this is? Where, where do we save it again? Where do I-? Hey, hey um, hmm. and then I get a sort of series of sort of passive-aggressive messages over the rest of the week. Going, yeah, levels a bit, uh, bit loud. <laughs> sorry, sorry, did I play with the volume? Uh, so I'll be honest with you guys. I'm absolutely delighted that it wasn't me that broke the recording today. Um, but yes, there will be a new podcast coming your way soon uh, with the, the amazing. Uh, the amazing, amazing title of "Stationary Adjacent." <laughs> there you are. You see, you didn't see that one coming. Which spelling of "stationary"? Uh, as in the uh, uh, supplies that one consumes with pens and pencils. That's oh, stationery. Good, good, good. Yes, good. spelled correctly with an "e." Um, and that we, <laughs> Justin Twyford and I, uh, talking about productivity. So give us a couple of weeks, and we'll we'll have a few apps. Um, Excellent. But uh, it it should be fun. It, uh, it'll be shorter than this. Uh, I, I, it's productivity, right? It's got to be three-minute chunks. Well, the thing is... Nine times a day. Well, the thing was, I was recording, and then I listened back to, to my own track, and I just... I, Uh, That was a lot of things, but productive is not a word that you can genuinely (laughs) use about that. (laughs) Rambling idiot, yes. Uh, Productive, no. So I sort of went back to to Justin. I said, no, I think we need to to maybe address this, So we're going to address it.
2: Right.
0: Two recordings, 900 minutes and a couple of field audio
1: calls later. I think we're about ready to wrap this one up. I think you probably are. But trust me, I, I, I make it much, much worse for Justin. You're still my favourite, obviously. <laughs> I've been Stu Lennon. I'm excited to listen. <laughs> I've been Stu Lennon.
0: And I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past the present in the future. And if you need to speak to someone, speak to
2: someone. And there, there is help if you need it. This was 1857.